Welcome to The Blind Spot, a podcast where we explore human instinctual drives through the lens of the Enneagram, nonviolent communication, and resonant healing with personal stories from individuals living real human lives. My name is Karen Nance, self-pres, social, sexual blind, three-wing two, with 371 trifix, and ENTP cognitive preferences. I hope you enjoy these stories. Welcome to The Blind Spot. I am here today for another typing interview, and I met this individual through my profiling community with Personality Hacker. So many of you have heard that I am really integrating a lot of Jungian psychology into the work we're doing. I am an ENTP, and my colleague here is 29 years old and is actually still on his typing journey. So He's really curious about the Enneagram and Myers-Briggs. He's finished the same profiling class that I am currently enrolled in, and he finished his in November. I'll finish up mine in May. So we have a great community, and it's just really fun to have these very authentic and real conversations. So without further ado, um, I'll let you introduce yourself and just say um, how it feels to be here doing this. Yeah, okay. Uh, So I'm Trey. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Um, this feels, I mean, I'm excited. I'm anxious, but definitely excited. Listen to your interview with Darren and uh, y'all are both lovely. So yeah, I'm excited to have Thank this one. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You might find that the way I profile, like I said, I'm still in the early stages of my profiling class with personality hackers. So you're going to see how I more do this from an Enneagram standpoint today. So I'm just noticing mm-hmm that my introverted thinking function does not want you judging my typing abilities right now. How does that feel? <laughs> I'm not judging at all. All right, cool. Um, so that's just the little authentic part about saying that, yeah, I'm learning so much just about profiling in general. And yeah. one of the things that I love about my class so far is that I think it's important to name that we're all profiling all the time. Mm, I mean, mm-hmm. there are things that we just in a human and whether we think we like typology or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are profiling people based off of their age and their gender and their skin color and their socioeconomic mm-hmm. class and what we know about their job and their educational background. So I'm just curious, do you agree that um, profiling is happening whether we think we're actively doing it or not? I agree 100%. We do it all the time. Everyone does it. And um, I think once you start to learn about it, you start to think about all the times that you had done it before. You just didn't have the vocabulary for it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, for yeah. sure. So what uh, Myers-Briggs types are you bouncing around? Like, what could you be? Do you know what you're not? Oh man, I could be anything at this point. Really? Um, okay. That's good to know. Yeah. That's very helpful for Enneagram typing actually to know that. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. I think, yeah, I'm just going to go with, I don't know. I'm unsure. Okay. Yeah. I've heard so many different things. So yeah. You could be any of the 16 Myers-Briggs types at this point. Is that true? <laughs> okay. Probably not any of them, but I know, well, not, I, I probably couldn't be all of them, but. Well, let me I've, break this down in this way. Are yeah. you, is there confusion for you, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert? Not for me. I believe I'm an introvert. Okay. So we're pretty solid. Like take the ease off the table. So now we're down to eight. That's the thing. I, I want to take the ease off the table, but I think upon observation, others would would bring the east back to the table tell us where where would they where do you show up like an extrovert uh just 
my focus. I've heard that I'm very people focused and I think that's that's the main thing. So some right? people say you could be leading with extroverted harmony, like extroverted feeling and harmony. Yeah. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Go well, now I'm going to name some things about your typing. So when I do type someone, I have you take a preliminary free Enneagram test, just like Personality Hacker has their little free test online. Yes. And as you know, many people take that little 10-minute assessment and mm-hmm. they may land on their type. Like how often do you think that happens, that you take that Personality Hacker assessment and that actually is your best fit type? What's your guess? Uh, 50%. Okay. So in the Enneagram community, we often say that people get their type correct about 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. They'll read okay. a description. Mm-hmm. And I've just heard that number quoted. I don't think there's any. <laughs> but um, okay. it kind of resonates with me. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people come to the Enneagram and mm-hmm. they think they know their type. But it's also important to remember that sometimes um, it's good to know if you land on your type and you kind of get this like, ugh like a sick feeling in your stomach, that's probably (laughs) correct. Okay. Like if you feel exposed, if you suddenly feel like, oh my God, how did this person read this about me and know all of the deep, dark secrets I try to hide from the world, then Mm -hmm. you're probably right. If you read about your type and you're like, that's so awesome. I'm so glad that I am that. That's probably your ego ideal. And it may not be exactly what you are. The mm-hmm. one type that tends to be really excited when they find out about their type is a seven. Um, sevens are the enthusiast or they're called mm-hmm. different things and they are part of the positivity triad. So they're usually pretty psyched because we do love sevens. I mean, sevens are great to hang out with. I yeah. actually lived with a seven as a long-term partner for five years. So I can also mm-hmm. tell you what I don't love about sevens, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, they're, they're great. They're so fun. Um, and just to remember, there is no best type. There is mm-hmm. no worst type that when types are a healthy expression of themselves, they're wonderful when they're yeah. stuck in a loop or, you know, things are narrowing and we're really fixated. It's not so great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that in Myers-Briggs yeah. typology too. There's not one Myers-Briggs type that's better than another. Yes, I agree. I agree. And they all are annoying when they're not highly functioning. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And they're all a gift when they are. Yeah. Yeah. We're all humans at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's very helpful, though, for typing to know that you do not necessarily identify with any of the things right away. So what I'm going to name is that on your initial test, you Mm -hmm. did test highest as a nine. Yes. And I'm going to tell you that the way you are presenting right now, so nine-ish in that comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought so. I was like, yeah. ah, it sounds a lot like a nine, huh? You know what we sometimes call nines? David Gray, I think, has coined the term the philosopher of the universe. That sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like you have this ability to take the perspective of so many different types In a way that's different than introverted intuition, which we call perspectives in the typing community, but a nine can take the perspective of so many different places because they're often called the peacemaker or the mediator. Mm -hmm. And the reason that they're so good at mediation is because they're really good at seeing both sides of situations. Do you resonate with that? Yeah. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. 
Well, we call them the peacemaker. And the Mm -hmm. funny thing about nines is that nines are driven by a longing for ease and harmony. So even though if you're not leading with extroverted feeling, Mm -hmm. which is what we call harmony in the Myers-Briggs community, that is what drives nines, even if that's not your dominant cognitive stack, because nines get very, very activated in their nervous system when somebody else is unhappy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So if they can be withdrawn, if they can just kind of sit on the sidelines and everybody is happy, they do not need to jump up and do something for you to make you even happier. You know, like a nine is different from a two, which we call the helper or the giver. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. twos often are like a classic two is probably an ENFJ or an ESFJ. That's like a very classic two presentation. Mm -hmm. So if you know any of those two types, they're usually not sitting on the sidelines, just observing. They're usually in the midst making things happen in some way for people. Wouldn't you say? I don't know. any. Well, yeah. Yeah, I would actually. Yeah, I'd say that. Were you going to say you don't know any of those types personally? I do. I do. But I think the image that I had in my head was of a specific type. But I think I just like kind of created an archetype of an ENFJ and then Uh a two. And they were definitely like this. Meaning together or different? Because people can't see your hands. They cannot see my hands. You're correct. Um, Together. (laughs) Okay. So an ENFJ and a two, those archetypes have a lot of overlap. Yes, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And an ESFJ and a two will also have a lot of overlap. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking of a two being synonymous with FE. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that twos are going to have a lot of FE. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. sure. Mm -hmm. Whereas nines can have FE high in the stack. In fact, I bet nines would probably have FE somewhere. That's just going to be my guess. (laughs) <laughs> and the reason yeah. is because they are attending to FE with a different goal in mind. They want to not be bothered. They want people to leave them alone. They just want people to be happy and they would prefer not to have to exert energy in order to make other people happy. But they will exert energy to make other people happy if there is some disharmony or disease in the milieu. Okay. Interesting. Sorry, I'm processing. Of course, I'm giving you time. For listeners, I am watching this introvert is what it looks like to me, do a lot of internal processing. And just what I'm observing (laughs) is that his, you know, eyes are kind of moving side to side. And I can tell he's very, very curious, interested and running this through a million different models inside of him, his own processing center. And this is very common for introverts, and this is very common for nines as well. Okay, thank you. I didn't want to, I was feeling a little nervous. I should probably be filling this space, but so nines want to be left alone. At the end of the day, they would rather, I mean, they're attachment types though, and nines Mm -hmm. want to be deeply connected. So they're different from fives Mm -hmm. because your top three energies we will just name are nine, two, and five. Mm-hmm. So in the Enneagram community, we often talk about a tri-type or a tri-fix. Okay. So your fix could be 925, 
which what that would mean is that you have two positivity types and one competency type. You have two withdrawn energies and one dependent energy, which what we mean by a dependent type means that like I'm tracking other people. That would be your two energy. That means the way that you show up in the heart center, which is how are people seeing me? That's the part of you that is image conscious is that part of you wants to be seen as helpful. That part of you wants to be seen as a contributor, where if you had a three fix, you'd want to be seen as successful. And if you had a four fix, you'd want to be seen as unique. Mm, Okay. Yeah, I would definitely say helpful over the other two. There you go. So we know that, you know, that's probably your heart point. Okay. (laughs) Now, choose though, one of the ways that you can tell during stress is when a two gets stressed out. Like if you're, if there's something going on in the relational field, like the twos are going to get really, really activated and really, really involved in trying to fix whatever is going on. So their stress response in, if they can't fix it, they will probably get angry with you and blame you. They tend to go to eight with a stress arrow. So they actually get kind of aggressive and they get really angry Mm. and they get indignant and they feel unappreciated and unacknowledged and they will make sure you know that. And then the rejection type, so they kind of cut you off and they may, there may be a list of people that even though twos seem really nice have actually been blacklisted by them because they're a rejection type. Where when a nine is stressed okay. in a relational space, <laughs> the nine is going to get anxious. And so they're going to want to try to fix what's going on with you. But mm-hmm. nines really care a lot about autonomy and they care about boundaries. And if you're getting too meddlesome in their world, if you have an agenda with them, they actually are pretty stubborn and they have very evasive ways of kind of boxing you out. They have a tendency to like disappear. So those of us that have loved nines and have been frustrated by them or have wanted to come at them with our two energy and help them, even though they're perfectly happy with their little milieu, they -hmm. withdraw they kind of disappear. And if you want a nine to do something and they don't want to do it, they might say yes, but it doesn't get done. They will just forget Mm. that they were going to do that or they procrastinate. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of passive ways that nines will say no. It's very difficult for a nine to say no because they're worried that you'll get upset. Mm. Okay. Because they're an attachment type. They don't want to lose the attachment. Now, if you really piss off a nine, especially if their dominant instinct is self-preservation, especially if they have an eight wing, they can enter a rejection structure and have really strong boundaries, but Mm -hmm. that's not going to be their first move. That's going to be when you've pushed that nine with an eight wing, that's self-preservation dominant to their limit. Okay. 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 They tend to just disappear until you seem to settle down and then they crawl back out of their hole and they hope that we won't have this upset again and that you've gotten the message that I don't want to play that way. I don't want to do that thing. And you're going to show up differently. They'll have more hope. Okay. So as you sit with those two descriptions and you've looked at times in your life that you've 
had somebody that is annoying or irritating you, how do you usually respond to them? That's that's tough. That's tough. It depends on who it is. Okay, give me a few different examples. I have I have different responses to different friend groups. Okay. So say it's a friend group from uh, school, and by school, in my my high school friend group. If someone was annoying there, I would uh, I don't know. I would probably just ignore it because those friends who I do find annoying, I think it's just who they are, and, and our friendship is uh, built on something more than I don't even know how to describe it. Point is, I would just I would just ignore that. What I think I'm hearing you say is that there's something about your loyalty and your sense of history and your value system around saying like, yeah, these don't have to be my favorite people, but they, I have an attachment to them and that's really strong, even when they're annoying. Yes. Yes. The sense of history definitely hit the mark. Yes. Okay. But if it's someone new. Do you seek those friends out a lot, the annoying friends from high school? Do you still plan a lot of things with them? Or do you just kind of see them when you have to see them because people are getting together and they happen to be there? So I normally don't go out. <laughs> I'm not a goer outer person. Um, but I do often reach out to them. Um, okay. I tend to reach out to almost everyone. Yeah. You know, Why don't you go out? I just don't like going out. What I'm don't not you like about it? A fan about it. So with those friends in particular, they're a little, a little too far away, and I I don't like driving. Okay. And so uh, and you'd have to put out too much effort to go see them. It's it's a combination of the effort to go see them and what will we be doing. Got it. So, um, if they want to go out to to grab drinks, yeah. Now it's the setting. Can we go grab drinks at your house? Do we have to go out to a bar? Where are we going? What are we doing? How many people are going to be there? There are a lot of different factors that I take into account before I decide whether I'm going to go out or not. And usually uh, I don't like where we're going or there are too many people there. And so I'll just find time to hang out with them another time, whenever that'll be. So are you noticing that you have a pretty strong sense of what you want your environment to be like? If it's going to bother your wah or your sense of like what makes you comfortable and keeps you in a state of ease, it seems like you're just like, I'm not rejecting the people. I'm just more likely not going to go out. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. I I feel like sometimes when I go out, I have to put on a mask. Uh I have to be a certain person whenever I'm. And at, at this stage of my life, I'm trying to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. And so in order for me to stop, I have to stop placing myself in environments that would cause me to do it. Mm-hmm. So going out uh, and being around a lot of people is an environment in which I will have to put on this mask and I'll have to show up. Well, I, I don't have to, but it, it's kind of something that I've done so often in life that I don't even notice that I do it until after the fact. Yes. But okay. after that, I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not awesome that you've done that. It's awesome that you know that you do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, that's like major self-awareness. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. And I'm noticing that you almost seem to 
uh, like you're very humble. Like when I say things that I am really inspired by, my perception is that it almost makes you a little uncomfortable. Like stepping into the limelight or onto a stage uh, is a little uncomfortable for you. Uh, you know, uh, is it uncomfortable? It's a, yeah, I don't really like it. Yeah. A little hard to hear how great you are, huh? Oh uh, yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> okay. So we're taking three <laughs> off of the list of things you could be because like, I love hearing how great I am. So, you know, and it, what's so funny is that three was actually like your second to lowest score. Your, your top three lowest scores were one, three, and seven, which is my trifix. So literally we are the opposite of each other. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, I mean, I love that you love that, but for me, not necessarily. Yeah. I would, I think I'd like to know that people think that I, I Maybe I don't like hearing it. I think it's kind of embarrassing. Well, let me tell you something about nines. So inside of every nine, the soul child is three. Okay. okay. So as nines embark on their growth journey, they have to integrate point okay. three. Because inside every nine lies a narcissistic little three that actually wants people to notice them and okay. wants people to believe in them and put them into that place they're just not okay. an actual three where we're just wired to solicit <laughs> that type of feedback. Yeah. You know, we'll beg, borrow and steal for it, you know? <laughs> where, yeah. So like our goal, our integration is to go to six, which is where mm, we okay. shift from it being about me to mm -hmm. being about we. So this is why threes can have a reputation for being narcissistic because they're just coming from a frame where they're very attached to their own agenda. Like we're very task oriented and because mm -hmm. freeze will habitually shut down the heart center in order to get something done. Mm -hmm. We sometimes don't even realize that we've left like the person in the dust because we got so focused on crossing the finish line. Like what is the goal? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Whereas nines will not lose touch of what's going on in the environment because threes have, we don't like to upset people, but we'd rather be successful, get the job done, as opposed to worrying about pissing people off, because we'll manage that on the back end once we've crossed the finish line. Mm, Whereas nines are often frustrated by threes, because they are looking at everyone and being like, how the hell can you be so singularly focused that you're not mm. noticing the ripples that you're creating in the environment here. Ah, I see. I see. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Do you get annoyed by people that you think are being inconsiderate and not I, noticing others and their impact? I do. I do. But I think it's, I, I, I definitely try to give them grace, especially if I know that they don't know that they're doing right. it. Yeah. And so, um, but people who know, and they're they're purposefully overlooking other people, I think. Mm. Not a big fan of that. Yeah, I mean, it feels terrible. Yeah. I mean, when, if you know what you're doing and it's causing another person harm and you're doing it anyway. And you're doing it anyway, that is, that's the yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I believe that most humans actually, well, I come from the tradition of Marshall Rosenberg and nonviolent communication. And what we say is that every behavior is simply a strategy to meet a need. And so when mm, somebody okay. 
is doing that, I get really curious and I'm like, what need are they meeting by doing this? It's a good question. Yeah. It usually has to do with dominance and hierarchy. Okay. Yeah. Because we all have this circuit. So the first circuit is basically about survival. So people Mm. will do that if they believe like, I am worried that my survival is at stake if I don't hurt you, destroy you in some way. I mean, we've seen that happen. Mm. Yeah. And then the next circuit that comes online is the circuit that has to do with dominance and hierarchy. It's where we learn like, am I alpha or beta in different situations? And humans Mm -hmm. have a whole bunch of different behaviors that they will manifest to try to project where they want to be in the hierarchy. Interesting. Okay. So you'll also see people do that, like fighting for a promotion or something. You know, people can be big (laughs) assholes because they're, you know, perfectly willing to step on you in order to get that promotion. And if we see that happening, very Mm -hmm. uncool, but that means that person has a lot of wounding in the circuit that is around dominance and hierarchy. Interesting. Wow. That's really good. It's pretty interesting. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I like to, because I like to always just get really curious and say, why are people doing something that's obviously creating harm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that as well. But I also, I, I don't know, I think sometimes I give grace where maybe it's not necessary. Yeah, so are you, am I hearing that sometimes you should be a little harsher than you are? Like maybe actually not tolerate something that you have a tendency to look on with some kindness? I think that I should find the, uh, the gray area with that. Mm-hmm. So I find that there are times where I should be harsher and there are times where I'm too harsh. Got it. Yeah. And and so I definitely need to find that middle middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And mm-hmm. what I'm hearing is that it's important to also know that nines have two wings. They have a one wing and an eight wing. Both energies feed into the point nine structure. And every single attachment okay. type has a rejection and a frustration type on either side. So there's going to be that one energy that makes you frustrated with other Mm -hmm. people and or situations or things happening in the world where you're kind of like, what the hell? Like, it's frustrating. It's annoying. Like, why don't people just be hashtag be better, you know, (laughs) like nines will just have that inner dialogue when they watch others and situations and they're just like, I don't get it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Another like phrase, like just a quote is that nines often are looking out in the world and they're having this thought like they see somebody getting really worked up about something and they just don't quite understand why that person is bringing that amount of energy or that amount of frustration to this instance that may not actually be a big deal. Uh, Well, I don't. I don't go that route. I think just okay. because, you know, different people have different energy levels. And uh-huh. just because I wouldn't get riled up doesn't mean that they shouldn't get riled up. They might okay. be feeling intensely in the moment. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think that there are certain things in life that, you know, getting that riled up for is justifiable. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I don't okay. want to project what I think is justifiable onto someone else in that way. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Just for our listeners who are Enneagram people, I think we're talking about introverted feeling people who just really, really feel strongly about something. Would you say that we just kind of referenced the introverted feeling function? 
for people getting riled up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like what gets us riled up? It's when our introverted feeling, our authenticity, our sense of this matters gets touched. Well, I, I was thinking about like violence <laughs> and I thought uh-huh. of like someone, you know, witnessed. I mean, I guess that could be someone stepping on values if if you're a pacifist of some sort. But um, I thought like if you just witness some sort of injustice in front of you, of course, you'd get upset about something. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I can imagine there are some people out there who probably would hold it in. Mm-hmm. But I think a decent amount of people would probably yeah. get upset or... Do you think violence is ever justified? <laughs> uh, do I think violence is ever justified? Um, I think that it is, but I don't want to think that it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, in my ideal world, there would be no violence. Mm-hmm. But um, in this world, which is not my ideal world, there is violence. And I think that sometimes, uh, actually, hold on. I don't know. I think if you if you're defending yourself, if you're defending someone else who can't defend themselves, it's justified. So in nonviolent communication, we say that that we do use violence when it's the protective use of force. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something that is life or death in this moment. And so I may become violent in order to protect the life of someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Like if somebody's like trying to kidnap my child, I'd probably go pretty crazy on that individual and probably would kill them if I thought they were trying to kill my child. See, and I wouldn't think you should settle down. I'd be like, yeah, right. go off. Right, so protective mm-hmm. use of force. So there are yeah. these um, extreme examples where, yes, of course, you know, the rage circuit activates in order to mm-hmm. protect something that is deeply dear to us. So when I was talking about introverted feeling is that what is deeply dear to us? I mean, we went right to the deep end of the pool, which is like human life, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) most people would probably agree that, you know, thou shalt not kill. Right. That's kind of one of the first commandments, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So that one seems to have some universal acceptance, although I bet there are people that, you know, don't agree with that commandment. But oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think we have a lot of introverted feeling people saying my whole mission is to kill. They use violence as a way to justify the feeling that they're having inside of themselves, I would say. Although now I'm thinking of Hitler. He had a mission to kill people. So, yeah. You know, I I, <laughs> I was trying not to go too extreme again, but I was like, are there people who right. possibly have there missions are. There are. to kill? And, and there are, yeah. Yeah. And I would say that like somebody who is a soul that's as lost as like Adolf Hitler, like this was an example of where clearly protective use of force was something that the world did. Mm-hmm. And there are people in this world that seem to be too dangerous to allowed to be in this world doing what they're doing. So yeah, we're, yeah. we're just bringing that nuance out. See, my typing interviews are not really profiling sessions. They're just big discussions that take us all over the map. Is this any in action or what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And any is the extroverted intuition or the excited brainstorming. And yeah, so now I'm bringing us back again. So we're kind of talking about these nine-ish, how the nine with a one wing would show up with that frustration about stuff. Mm -hmm. And the nine with the eight wing is going to have more eight energy, which 
the eight energy, I mean, when it's not healthy, there's vengeance is part of the modality with it. And it's very much a very strong protective force that carries the rejection structure. So that's where the nines find their ability to kind of say no and put up the boundary when that gets activated. Mm-hmm. But nines, it takes a lot more for a nine to get there than it would for an eight to get there. Hmm. Eights basically start with a no whenever they <laughs> meet people and you get to work your way in or nines uh, will start see. with a yes And you would have to be pretty offensive before they enact their rejection wing and block you out. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Start with no. That's interesting. So when you meet somebody, are you starting with, no, I'm not going to like you and you have to earn your way in? Or do you start with, you're fine until you've given me reason not to think you're fine? Yeah, I definitely start with that. I uh, immediately say people are cool or, yeah, that's my friend until they've shown otherwise. Okay. So I'm just going to name Trey that based off of your test scores and even this initial conversation, that I feel pretty strongly that you're a nine. Mm, Okay. Yeah. And part of the reason is that there are so many things you're saying that are making you sound like an attachment type, which are the threes, the sixes, or the nines. And we already talked about Uh, why you're not a three. And let me talk to you about why I'm not seeing you as a six in this moment. Although I'm not ruling it out. Go ahead and read about it. But the passion of nine, meaning what do they get hung up on, is sloth. Okay? Okay. And the passion of six is angst or fear. Okay. Okay? So to just define what that means in terms of the point nine... Sloth actually comes from the Latin word, I hope I'm saying this correctly, acedia, which is actually forgetting myself. So you get lazy about what could or should be important for you because you're worried so much more. You're very other referencing. You're looking at the world. You're looking at your significant other. You're looking at your workplace and you put yourself second And you might get very busy and not be slothful or lazy in any way, shape, or form, but what would actually help you meet your goals, what would actually help you on your growth path, sometimes gets kicked down the line because you're wired to be more other referencing, which Mm -hmm. is different than the two, which is also Mm -hmm. other referencing. The two, their passion is pride. Mm -hmm. So their underlying thought process is You can't do this without me. I am very important. I will sacrifice all of my needs because I need you to love me. And so I'm going to make myself indispensable to you. And they often can't see that they're giving to get, but they're actually giving so that they get favors back in return or get the loyalty or get the love that they're pushing out. It's a little transactional. Whereas with nines, like we said, they have a hard time turning inward and really focusing on themselves until they're doing growth work and recognize that they need to keep themselves on the agenda. Mm -hmm. Kind of easy to zone out and be comfortable and just let things be good enough as opposed to activating and motivating to really make a change. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. 
Unless you've done a lot of work. And then, I mean, nines integrate to three and nines can be as busy and as achieving as any point three. Barack Obama is a nine. He is? Yeah. Shout out to Barack. Yeah. And so he's an example that I always give of a very healthy nine. I mean, you could be a nine and become the president of the United States. Interesting. But how you also notice how Barack Obama had a certain kind of presence, a certain kind of laid back, a certain kind of thoughtfulness, a certain kind of tracking everything in the environment in a way that really eased the nervous systems of the people around him. I think I'm biased because all of those things, even if that weren't Barack, I'd say, yeah, that's Barack. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're just saying you've you've idolized him in a way that maybe you don't see him objectively? Yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would love to hear anybody who disagrees with that description of Barack. I mean, I think that that description is everybody who I know. I mean, I think that's why, I mean, of course, there were people who politically did not like Barack's agenda. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people, like, let's just contrast him to Donald Trump. There are a lot of, I don't think that you could, would ever describe Donald Trump that way, that set of adjectives I use. He actually activated and agitated the people in the environment pretty mm, okay. openly. And he actually got a little joy out of it, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it seems to fuel him in, in some ways, yeah. He was not afraid of rustling feathers, let's just say that. Nah, he's he's not. What um, what Enneagram type is Donald He's an eight. Trump? He's an he's eight. An eight. Oh, I could see that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so is Martin Luther King is an eight. Ooh. So I always like to say that, you know, we have healthy and less healthy versions of every type. Mm -hmm. So I'll also say that, like, Jeffrey Dahmer's a nine. Okay. So I'm just saying you can have Barack Obama and Jeffrey Dahmer. He was a serial killer who, like, cut up women and ate them. Yeah, he has. He had the Netflix documentary, I think. So I'm just using kind of extreme examples to say that, you know, every type can be amazing or every type can be psychopath (laughs) yeah 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 but um you know what i'm talking about with this nine energy though Mm -hmm. you know nines in stress go to six so nines look very calm and cool but they're like a duck underneath the surface those little legs are paddle 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 paddling but the (laughs) duck looks very serene on the surface (laughs) i I think that's actually (laughs) That was good. A duck. Yeah. 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 I can definitely see that. Like if you just see a duck floating across a pond, they look very look chill, like right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if yeah. you had the video camera underneath, those little feet are going. Going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is what a nine looks like in stress? That's just what a nine's like all the time. Oh. <laughs> I mean, of course, like when they get stressed, the feet just paddle faster. But then nines can actually start to look like six where now they will verbalize anxieties. And they can look really anxious and become like a six. And usually that's because they've been hoping something would be okay. They've been hoping that it would just resolve itself. They've been hoping they won't have to get off the couch or get out of their emotional comfort zone and actually do something. But now it's gotten to a point where I'm stressed about this and I got to do something and I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. a lot of anxiety And I'm sort of like, I could do this or I could do that. And what's the best way to intervene? And they can actually get really fearful and anxious. Mm, Okay. Interesting. But sixes live from that place. So sixes see every glass is half empty. 
Mm-hmm. They're perpetually noticing what's wrong. Mm-hmm. They get very dysregulated when people are not living in emotional realness and saying like, this is the truth. Like, why, what do you mean we can't talk about this problem? Like, they're the ones when COVID was out who were getting mm-hmm. rolls and rolls of toilet paper and water and like selling out the store. And basically they are fine when the zombie apocalypse comes because they've been telling you a zombie apocalypse is coming for the last 20 years. So they're prepared. Uh, I see. I see. Okay. That's what a six does. Yeah, they're very much the troubleshooters. They're constantly noticing where the problem might be. And they, when they're not healthy, once again, the average in this type, or, mm-hmm. or not, it's not that it's not healthy. It's just that the type, how does it manifest? It manifests with a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. They can be anti-authoritarian. There's pushback. You know, there's just, they're, they're one of the emotional reactive types. When they're experiencing an emotion, you see a lot of reactivity. Oh, okay. Interesting. So what's a nine? Nines are a positive type. Mm-hmm. Once but, they go to six, will they also then have that? Yeah, they can reactivity? be much more reactive when they go to their stress arrow at six. Yeah, because now they're scared. Okay. So do nines often mistype as sixes and yeah. possibly threes because of yeah. the, the arrows? Well, it's yes. much more common. The six nine mistype, I think, is more common than the okay. nine three mistype. But mm-hmm. you could mistype that way. And the main reason yeah. that it's harder to mistype as a nine versus a three is that a three is an assertive type. So okay. threes are usually extroverted. Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay. Nines can be introverted or extroverted, but I think mm-hmm. it depends on the instinctual stack. So social nines mm-hmm. can be extroverted, but most self-preservation or sexually dominant nines are introverted. Okay. And, you know, they can be extroverted. I mean, like, you know, Stephen Colbert is an introvert. Did you know that? No, I did not. Is that the talk show host? Yeah, exactly. Who's like, you know, a comedian. He's out there. Like, you would never imagine he's an introvert. Mm -hmm. But that's just because nines or any introvert can look like an extrovert when they have decided to turn on, when they're doing their thing. (laughs) Yeah, they turn on. Yeah, yeah. You're laughing at that because do you have a, do you know what I'm talking about when I mean when they turn on? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, I have an on off switch. And there you uh, go. Yeah, when I, when I turn it on, then um, you can definitely see how I'm mistaken for an extrovert. Exactly. Yeah. I love nines. They're some of my favorite people on the planet. Also, some of the people that have irritated me the most. But, um, (laughs) you know, know, when they turn on, yeah, they're, they're great. (laughs) What about when they're not on? Well, see, I like to go to nines and I like to find their on off button and I like to keep pushing the turn on, turn on, turn on button. And that's the best way to make sure Uh, nine stays in the off position because nines turn on when they decide to turn on. I'm not going to turn on if I understand that you are operating with an agenda to get me engaged in whatever this is. And I have not decided to go there. Ah, I see. I see. I see. I see. Like nines have a superpower where I call it like disappearing into fog. And if you're an assertive type like me, that's trying to find your nine. It's like I'm clawing through the fog and I see you and I reach out and I try to grab you and you just can mystically disappear. And then you are like somewhere (laughs) in the fog and you cannot catch a nine. Who does not want to be caught? 
That is interesting. And why is that wow. interesting? Can you? That, you cannot catch a nine that doesn't want to be caught. Yeah. And only nines do this. <laughs> Are you like, doesn't everybody do that? <laughs> See, that's well, part of it. Sometimes you're swimming in it and you don't even realize. That's a great question, though. Doesn't everybody do this? You know what? If I don't want to be caught by you, mm-hmm. I will not put the energy into avoiding you that a nine will. If you keep coming at me and you missed my first two, like passive aggressive, just kind of not responding or blow off moves and say you come a third time. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, you know what? I feel sad about this and you're wanting this, but Mm -hmm. I'm noticing that I don't have a willingness or an interest in doing it. So I'm going to tell you to stop. Mm. And nines often won't do that because then that other person might get upset. And when they get upset, that other person's upset. They are feeling it so strongly inside of their bodies because they're porous And so they're often very empathic. They're feeling the energy around them. So Mm -hmm. if there's somebody around you that's carrying a lot of unpleasant energy that you don't want to feel, Mm -hmm. you just disappear and sort of buffer yourself from it because you don't want to take that on. And it's very hard Mm -hmm. if you're in the same physical space or have some kind of connection with them to not have it in your body. So would there be a difference in how quickly... Um, a nine with a one wing versus a nine with an eight wing disappears or uh, yes. establish that boundary? Yes, definitely. So the eight wing would, you know, quicker yes. to do so. Yes. Okay. And the instinctual stack, a self-pres nine is going to be much mm. more likely to do it. Whereas mm, okay. a social nine will be less likely to because their connection to the group and to other people and to friends is so much more um, mm-hmm. running the program. Okay. So if you can you can you be a self pres nine with an eight wing? Yes. Would that just be a? That was what my ex husband was. So I know a lot about that type. Yes. Oh, okay. Interesting. A lot of those so people are there... athletes. So nines with eight wings are often professional athletes because being part of the instinctual center or the body center, they mm-hmm. often have a very intuitive, athletic kind of thing. And nines with an eight wing have a violent streak. But by playing something like football, that's a socially acceptable context to go and like express your eight energy on a football field or whatever sport allows you to enjoy that kind of physicality and that violence expression in a perfectly acceptable way. Interesting. But the nine will not get mouthy. Like when you see a professional athlete, like getting mouthy on the field, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's not a nine. What about an eight? The nine will just deck you and take you down. Like on the next play, the nine's just going to be like, they're just going to silently take you out on the next play, you know? Which type would be more likely to trash talk? Oh, the trash talkers? Okay. That's a fun question. Uh, Let's just go around the wheel. Not a nine. Not a one. Not a nine. (laughs) Not a one. Okay. Not a one. Not a two. Okay. Not a two. Okay. Breeze will trash talk. I mean, you know, yeah. Do you trash talk? Um... Well, <laughs> like when I say that, like, I t- like, okay, so my family says I'm really competitive when we play games. Yeah. And I don't think of myself as competitive because I can lose, but I'm absolutely going to try to win. But I feel like mm. I'm competing against myself to, I want my own best performance to be out there. Ah, uh, okay. So if you lose, but you did your best, you're okay. That's fine. Yeah, totally okay. fine. But while I'm playing you, 
I will Mm -hmm. celebrate every victorious moment that I have. And because I'm a three and I deeply care about winning and doing my best and showing up as my own version Mm -hmm. of success, I will, and I'm because I love the acknowledgement for how amazing I just did it something. Yeah. yeah, I'll just be like, you know, we're playing Risk and I just took your castle and I'll just be like, hmm, all of those spoils now are minor, you know, <laughs> or like yeah. playing ping pong and like smashing mm-hmm. something down on somebody. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> just kind of like, okay, you ready to go again? You think your ego can handle, you know, like there's a little bit of all trash you talking. You think your that- ego can- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they'll totally be some of that. Um, fours will absolutely trash talk, but more like with a mean streak because they, yeah, definitely they're very competitive, like sexual fours, very competitive and probably the meanest type on the Enneagram. Oh, fives will not trash talk. Okay. Six is absolutely, especially a counterphobic six will trash talk a seven. So yeah, there's phobic and counterphobic sixes. The phobic six is going to lead with warmth and want to be more protective and like, kill you with kindness kind of thing. Whereas a counterphobic six is more like reactive. They're part of the emotionally reactive triad and they're much more Mm. likely to get up in your face. Like I'm going to push up against you to see what you're all about because you're making me nervous and I'd rather see your true colors right up front. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And seven's trash talk and eight's trash talk. So I guess we just came up with Threes, fours, six, seven, and eight. So five of the Enneagram types will trash talk. (laughs) Solid. Okay. I will look out for that. Yeah. Interesting. You think your ego can take another blow? (laughs) And, you know, I might not use those words, but that's definitely the energy that I'm radiating. And it's what I'm thinking pretty loudly. You should. I would definitely. Nope. No, I can't, actually. (laughs) But the thing about being a three is that if you actually make someone cry, like if you actually like make somebody feel bad with your trash yeah. talk, I mean, I think most threes were heart centered. And so we melt and it's just like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, oh, now I feel like shit. You know, like we uh, will totally now like try to make it okay. Because like I said, we don't want the attachment to be at risk, yeah. but we know how to close the heart off and we know how to take shit and we know how to give it. That's definitely true. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and I bet a nine me. will trash talk if everybody is trash talking in the environment and trash talking is cool and what gets you acceptance and belonging <laughs> in the group. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to think about where is it coming from. But a nine just left to their own devices without any community influence, I yeah. don't think they trash talk. Although nines love to trash talk online and in internet forums. <laughs> Especially nines with, yeah, like, because nines don't want to create disharmony in the actual space, but the internet Mm -hmm. has allowed them to go silent. So all of these types that I said would not trash talk, absolutely Mm -hmm. might trash talk, you know, if they can be anonymous. I hate that. (laughs) Don't don't trash talk if you don't want to be seen. Right. So, you know, but that's, but, you know, there are a lot of people that will only trash talk if they can be anonymous about it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand that, but you know, but I, yeah, I happen to know, and it depends on, I think the trifix as well. So like if we were, you know, working on yours, it seems Mm -hmm. like your fix may be in five and two, which means that you would be 
double positivity and a competency type. So that type of nine is going to be much less likely to trash talk. If you're a nine with two frustration fixes, much more likely to trash talk because you're frustrated and you want people to know about it, but your Mm nine-ishness keeps you from doing it in live contacts with people, but on an internet Mm -hmm. or a place where there's a removal, you don't actually have to experience the upset or you're a nine that is pissed Mm -hmm. and actually really wants to be heard. And so you're putting stuff out there and, you know, you're a little removed. Nines are not quite as good at verbal sparring. They'd much more like to consider and formulate their intelligent response and then put it out there. And if it upsets you, it's okay because it bubbled up from their place of knowing in the body center and it's being informed by their one wing, which is all about improving, reforming and correcting what's wrong out there. Hmm. Maybe I'm a little overconfident, but I think I'm pretty good at verbal sparring. But, there you um, go. So <laughs> maybe I, maybe uh, nines are maybe you're not a nine, so you'll have to consider and keep watching. But I, I think that might just be within a certain group context. Okay. So maybe they're good, and now I'm good. And which now group? That I'm in a group in which my my friend group that I From mentioned high earlier. Yeah. So a high level of comfort there. Yes. Okay. So you know what? Nines can be good at verbal sparring. Okay. They're just a little slower in their pacing with it. Mm -hmm. And they won't take up as much airtime as some of the other types. So I'm going to recommend people go listen to, I did an interview with a partner that I lived with for two and a half years that were very good friends. Mm -hmm. And it's called the struggles of the nine, three pairing. And so this is an ISFJ nine that I've known for over four years and we lived together for two and a half, like I said, and we have a lot of comfort with each other Mm -hmm. and he loves verbally sparring with me. But Ah. if you listen to the interview, Mm -hmm. there's a very distinct flavor there. And I'd just be curious to hear if you're vibing with that nine-ish way of verbal sparring because in my mind i'm imagining you might do it like that okay yeah no definitely check that out and i'm watching that simply because even in this interview Mm -hmm. i love that you just do not go along with things i say like i love that like every time i've made (laughs) a statement and this is by the way this is how Uh, any does typing i push buttons have you noticed me like just pushing different buttons and throwing shit out there and seeing how you might respond to it yeah. 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 So that's the any way of typing. And on the inside, I'm using all of my maps to figure out which button mm-hmm. I want to push next. Yeah. Interesting. But the reason I push your buttons is that I'm also looking at how will you respond to whatever it is that I'm just throwing at you because that's part of how I type. Mm, I like that. So I you like actually that. feel like energetically a lot like this partner of mine is what I'm naming. Is that, um, you know, he's got that. Yeah, I'm not going along with that just because you said it, because there's something inside (laughs) of me that's calling bullshit right now. But then you come back with Uh, a very kind of calm, regulated, thoughtful response about which part you agreed with or which part you didn't. And then you're following it up with a question and you're adding to the information stores. At least that's what I'm observing. Okay. Yeah. See that. 
I'm glad you took it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I've had moments where people uh, thought I was just like, you know, being defensive or, uh, you know, I got offended by something and I was no, no, I don't, that's not what I was going for. Um, and I'm glad you didn't take it that way. So. Well, and I'm just going to name that as attachment types that we have a little bit of a harder time finding our location. So the threes, the sixes, and the nines have a harder time finding our way to our type in general. And part of the way we do that, I call it echolocation. So I throw something at you and you throw something back at me. And now I feel it and I'm like, do I have agreement? Do I have a yes or a no inside of me? And that's how I actually find my way to my yes is by just taking in stuff from my environment, trying it on and seeing if my body accepts or rejects it. That's good. I like that. Echolocation. Yeah, I definitely do that. Yeah, it's a very attachment type thing. Hmm. And when I'm talking about attachment types, just in case people are from the personality hacker community or don't know what I'm naming, there's attachment theory, which is like anxious, disorganized, avoidant. Hmm. And I have some episodes on that, specifically, I think episode six. But this is attachment type in relation to Enneagram language and object relations. And I have a series of podcasts that just dropped in the last few weeks on the attachment types, the rejection types, and the frustration types. So that's another good way to at least get your location down to three of the types is which of these object relations resonates with me more. I'm definitely going to check those out. Awesome. Well, thanks, Trey. This was super fun. I appreciate getting to do this with you and letting people watch our process and kind of find your way. I'm going to hang out with nine. I mean, that's just where I'm at today. We didn't get to your instinctual stack. We could play with that another time. But yeah, I'd love you to go and read about it, check some stuff out, and just remember that nines can embody the experience of all other types probably better than any other type. Mm -hmm. So it is normal Mm -hmm. to have a felt experience, but hopefully some of the other pearls I gave you will help you navigate to whatever's true for you. For sure. Again, thank you so much for having me. I think that you definitely led this very well. I felt very comfortable. And even the resources that you threw at the end, I'm going to check those out, especially that one with you and your uh, nine partner that y'all had your verbal sparring. I want to check that out and see what that was like. Awesome. I can't wait to hear some feedback. Thank you. Thanks, Trey. (laughs) Yeah, of course. If you enjoyed this, You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and various Android platforms. If you leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, it helps a lot. If you have any questions you'd like addressed in a future episode, please email me at contact at enneagramblindspots.com. I also offer a wide variety of services at my practice while SNSMD, including typing services, Enneagram coaching, nonviolent communication training, and mindfulness trainings for working with stress, anxiety, and food cravings. Feel free to call my office at 847-850-8185 to schedule a free consultation. consultation.